the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is the fifth and last Sunday after Easter. It is nicknamed Rogation Sunday because it leads us into the Rogation Days, tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, the three days before Ascension Day. The word rogation comes from the Latin word which means to ask, as in interrogation. What we ask God for at this season is a successful spring planting, which will lead to a bountiful harvest in the fall, which will provide plenty of food to keep us going all winter. The religious calendar of ancient Israel featured several spring and fall fertility festivals. Israel had a largely agricultural economy. That means things in Israel were very different from our own service and information-based economy. But the idea of agricultural festivals still rings true. We still have to eat, and we still have to depend on God to set up the conditions under which we can work to produce food. The fact that Mother's Day and Rogation Sunday fall on the same day this year is a happy coincidence. Rogation Sunday's theme of having enough to eat fits in nicely with Mother's Day because of how we depended on our mothers for our daily meals and our nourishment growing up. The planting and harvest dimension of Rogation Tide make it a fitting conclusion to the season of Easter the season in which we think about the promise of resurrection from the dead and eternal life which Jesus' resurrection gives us. What makes the connection is the Old Testament concept of first fruits. The first fruits are what come up earliest in the harvest. God told Israel to give him the first fruits. His command is still binding on us. If you tithe to God first, you show that you trust him enough to take care of you with the other 90%. And it lets you enjoy the other 90% without that nagging feeling of guilt. St. Paul calls Jesus the, quote, first fruits of them that slept, the first fruits of the dead. Jesus' resurrection is like a spring harvest, which previews what is going to happen in the fall. Jesus is the first fruits of the dead because he came out of his grave first. We are the latter fruits of the dead because we will come out of our graves later on, at the last day, in the fall, so to speak, when Jesus returns. The words from our recessional hymn today capture the idea perfectly. Quote, Christ is risen, Christ the first fruits of the holy harvest field, which will all its full abundance, abundance at his second coming yield. Today we ask God to give us a good harvest in the fall. We are pretty confident that he will do it, or at least that bonds and Whole Foods Market will continue to make us think that he has done it. Most of us are pretty well divorced from a close daily connection to issues of planting and harvest. But we will notice if a drought like the one we have in California right now or a frost somewhere else makes fruits and vegetables scarce or outrageously expensive. Jesus addresses the issue of asking God for things at the beginning of today's gospel. He tells the disciples, quote, 
Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So we have a clear commandment from Jesus to ask God for things. If we ask God for things, and it turns out they are the things he wants to give us, he will give them to us. One of the first things we learn when we get started asking God for things is that he doesn't always give us what we ask for. If he does give us what we ask for, he doesn't necessarily give it to us right away. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait, sometimes he says keep on nagging and I'll think about it. <laughs> I have no glib answer to the question, why does God give us some of the things we ask for and not others? We pray every week for people to be healed of their various infirmities, for example. Some of them get well, and some of them don't. We ask God to make things happen in our lives and the lives of people we care about. Sometimes he does what we ask, other times he doesn't. I've discovered that all this does not become particularly clearer or easier to understand the older you get. What we can be sure of is that God is our Father who loves us, and he wants to give us what is best for us. I have a hard time accepting the idea that God knows what is best for me better than I do. But that is a lesson that praying for things can teach me. As we go on in prayer asking for things and then seeing what happens, we develop a better understanding of what God is up to. We also develop a deeper understanding that everything depends upon him anyway. We can even come to want what he wants rather than what we want because we learn that what he wants for us is always better. In the long run, of course, this transitory life ends. Just like the labor pain St. John made an analogy of with his woman in travail two Sundays ago, Easter has given us the hope and the promise of a better life after Jesus comes back to resurrect us. While we wait for him, we can take great strength and comfort in the words that end today's gospel, words which accept reality as it is and also promises us something better. Jesus says, quote, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer I have overcome the world in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.